What is up, guys? What's going on? <sighs> Another two weeks has gone by. Oh, my goodness. And but we are the, the Run, Run Trio. Duo. <laughs> <laughs> Did y'all hear that extra voice? Wait, no, we got to introduce him. So, from episode 40, yes. the real runners of Atlanta, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Darrell Patterson. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the clap sound? Where's the clap? Where's the clap? Where's the clap? <laughs> There you go. <laughs> anyway, what's up, guys? So we have we are the Run Trio tonight. Yep, yep. Um, we have Darrell Patterson with us. Is going to be doing our shenanigans with us. I'm super excited. What's yes. up, Darrell? I'm excited too. I'm, I'm good. You know, I'm just I'm, I'm excited to be back on a podcast and not being interviewed. I just want to hang out and kick just hang out. out. Really? Yeah. So I just know so many people are so excited because they miss obviously the Real Runners of Atlanta. So they're going to be so excited to hear you. Exactly. So, exactly. I'm really excited. Now Darrell is here because. We're recording this. This is a couple of days, two days after two, days. the um, Olympic marathon trials that took place here in Atlanta, Georgia, mm-hmm. and we just we had to talk about it. We had to talk about the whole weekend. I mean, right. it's just so much to unpack there. Mm-hmm. And of course, with us being here in Atlanta, we got hands-on experience. We met some of the athletes. Like it's just been an amazing weekend. So. For our listeners, bear with us. Enjoy the ride because we're going to try to give you as much of what we experienced as we can. Cool. Exactly, exactly. So, since you know Darrell's our guest this week, <laughs> what was your overall opinion of the trials? Man, we killed it. Mm-hmm. We did, didn't we? I can't think of any other way to say. It. I, you know, I was like combing through all the reviews and stuff online because right. I wanted to hear what people said. Yeah. Man, Atlanta killed it. Yeah. And coming off of, um, you know, there was some there was some issues I know with Houston um, for the last trials in mm-hmm. 2016, and I think that we. We um we sort of directly addressed all of those, okay, and then doubled down. What were some of the things that happened in Houston? I hear about. Now, that. I don't want to talk real bad about. Don't, it. yeah, we don't want to put down Houston. There was no, some, was it like timing stuff or was it like generic? Give me a a, a high. It was level. like the full gamut, you know, like okay. outside of just experience. Could, the experience wasn't it? Yeah, like you know, okay. I, I saw okay, some okay. stuff online about you know the the people who ran didn't get t shirts. Okay, um, the fluid okay. stations were spaced too far apart. Okay. The liquids were hot. They didn't have hotels. Um, for the for the B qualifiers, right. and when the B qualifiers came, they didn't even know where the hotels were. So okay. by the time they registered, they were yeah. price gouged, mm-hmm. and on and on and on. And okay, on. good, 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 so, good. That's know. that's all you had to say. Well, yeah. you know, yes, Atlanta killed shout it. Out to Houston, though. right? <laughs> yes, Houston. Shout out, shout out for real, for real. But yeah, so well, we have a guest coming on later, and maybe they'll address some of those things and how Atlanta did so well with <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. So the guest we have coming um, is is he's going to talk to the technical side. We going to talk dirt. We yes. going to talk about the true. <laughs> What really happened? What really happened? Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm sitting here with an ambassador and a board a, a board member of the Atlanta Track Club, so they're not gonna say nothing bad. I might. Anyway, no. <laughs> you will not. Well, let, let me not say in this. our presence. Let me Tommy. let me start with this. And for a while, I was like, "Are we talking about the Olympic trials too much?" Like on the podcast, because we would talk about it, like you know every week. I was like, "Are we talking about it too much?" Because I got ta- like shoes. I got tired of talking about shoes. I was like, mm-hmm. "Are we talking about it too much?" We we undersold it. Yeah, we undersold we the Olympic. It was so great that day because Indy and I communicated a lot. We were like, "Okay, where are you going to be? Where are you going to stand?" Mm-hmm. I took you know the whole family down there. Um, Heather, the kid, we went to Hudson Grill. It was like mm-hmm. going to Hudson on a Sunday 
for the like it was a football playoff Sunday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what it was like mm-hmm. at Hudson. I mean, people are in there like, hey, you need to make sure these are on the right TVs. Yeah. We, hey, you Me gotta included. Make, I was exactly. like, uh, we're on the patio. We got four TVs black. Right. We exactly. need this TV we need, on, yeah, NB- it's on NBC. Right. Just I mean. so you know the channel. It's exactly. on NBC. Thank you. Even if they were not runners, <laughs> mm-hmm. the excitement of having something like that here in Atlanta, mm-hmm. I think really turned the city on. And I'm yeah. and, we talked on the podcast before the trial mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, India, you know, we're going to go to, and I think I might've said it on the podcast or I mean, me and India might've been talking, but mm-hmm. I said, well, we're going to go to Hudson or we're going to go, we're going to be on somebody's patio. That's what yeah. I said. I want to be on somebody's patio, right. but I don't want it where I can watch it from the patio. I want it to be so crowded. I got to get up, mm-hmm. get outside to actually see it. And, and that's, that's exactly what that's happened. Exactly that's exactly what happened. Yeah. 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 So I'll say, so um, let me, st- I guess my Olympic trials week started on Wednesday. Mm. So I kind of set it up to where I had something and I'm, I'm tired. I'm exhausted y'all. Cause I had something every day after work for the trials and I'm exhausted. I'm still, it's currently Tuesday and I'm tired, but it was well <laughs> worth every single minute of it. So on Wednesday, I actually went to um, iron woman podcast, had a panel mm. of Olympic trial qualified women three women um so Haley Chura Sarah Bishop and Dr. Ruth Mori so they actually were on a panel and I went representing runner R-N-N-R I always have to say it because it sounds interesting but runner (laughs) so I went representing them and just making sure that you know we had a booth up there and kind of a table and just like explaining what was going on and being able to give hats give give hats out as prizes to the panelists and the people that were there and of course everyone knows I'm not a triathlete like that I have never stepped toes into that excitement but to be able to listen to three Olympic trial qualifiers that are triathletes and how they separated the three disciplines like going from a of course when you do full um Ironmans and triathletes, you triathlons, you do 26.2 miles within the whole day. But I think it's a different practice when you just focus on one versus focusing on all three. Yeah, true. Um, so I think that it was interesting listening to the ladies just explain that they really did have to change their mindset to only focus on the run and not have to do other disciplines along with it. And of course they felt like they did get a little more, a little bit of time back in their life because of <laughs> course do training for biking, you know, swimming, biking and running is a lot, but they definitely had to, you know, for refocus their mind frame, but it was really exciting to hear what they had to say. So. Dope. Yeah. So what was your week like to Same, same as India's I had, I'm, I was literally looking at my calendar just now <laughs> trying to remember everything. Um, but same, it was something Thursday, Friday, mm-hmm. Saturday, Sunday. I don't know how y'all, want to tackle this but um mm-hmm. it was just something every day so um correct you, me if i'm wrong thursday that was when we that had, was that when was all of us yeah. were at the race yeah. yes yeah. and we yeah. definitely need to talk about that yep. right right yeah so let's let's talk about that that yes. was um i mean in the end it really turned out to be amazing i mean it was amazing mm-hmm. just on the front of it yep. but in the end the fact that we actually got to sit and listen to the eventual winner of the women's olympic um trial marathon made it even greater but mm-hmm. i mean once again tess of course she's like mama mm-hmm. runner you know <laughs> like like okay babies we gonna get this together and get right. all the african-american you know so it was, it was really great so i really enjoyed that yeah tess was going hard in the paint man she was um just through social media she was literally messaging every single trials qualifier like we were looking at the pictures of the trials qualifiers mm-hmm. getting their information and she mm-hmm. was messaging 
all of them. And um, the response was crazy. You know, like, right. honestly, I didn't expect for so many of them to be interested in coming or even responding to, like, basically mm-hmm. what were, like, cold messages. Right. Yeah. But they, they didn't did, know. Yeah. I mean, majority of them probably didn't know any any of us no. at some point. Like, and they so didn't we know were us. trying to touch base with them. On, so on Thursday before the event, um, I was working at the Omni and. Tess had worked at the Omni that day too. We were doing like the elite athlete check-in. They okay. were coming to pick up mm-hmm. their packages. Mm-hmm. And like, but it was weird. So like we had these little cars printed out where we were going to like invite them as we met them face to face. Okay. And I saw, I met a lot of them. Like right. uh, Des came in my line and Jordan Hase, like nice. um, all of them were there. But like when you're around other volunteers and I'm there on behalf of the Atlanta track club, mm-hmm. you know yeah. what I'm saying? It'd be kind of grimy to try yeah. 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 So I didn't do it, but man, they, like they showed up. They showed right. up and it was, it was real cool. Right. Yeah. And I think for our listeners, so Tess is a, um, director a race director here in atlanta georgia and of course you all have heard us talk about the race all the time like that is something that we plug all the time and of course Darrell is also a part of one of the founding members of the race um so tess wanted to bring athletes to a space to where we could communicate and just meet with the athletes talk to the athletes allow them to just kind of discuss their experience and it was a very intimate forum to me like and that's I think that's what I enjoyed about it is that it was very intimate it wasn't a lot of people like bombarding it was literally just I felt like they were friends of ours that have been to Atlanta before and that was you know not the case at all so we were able to meet um, Brandon Johnson Nathan Martin Peyton Thomas and of course Alephine was there so of course she is number one so we were able to meet them and talk to them and they were all very humble and personable yeah very open very giving with their time um pretty much answered all the questions you know Mm -hmm. that that we had for them and they were like really really down to earth in my opinion Mm -hmm. especially Alephine I mean I'm still mad I didn't get a, a hat so yeah, I, you know, I thought about that afterwards yes. I was like, because I looked at the hats and I was like, ah, uh, like they definitely weren't for me. Right. So I was like, I, I'm, I'm gonna get one for my wife, but then I'm like, eh, she always make fun of my style. Anyway. Like, <laughs> whatever hat I get, it's gonna be the wrong hat, and so I ended up not getting one. And these are the crochet. And if anybody, if you watched the Olympic trials originally, she had one on, yeah. um, the red, white, and blue one. And then I remember seeing that she had taken it off, and I was thinking to myself, I gotta find that. <laughs> Did she throw it on the ground somewhere? I gotta find that. But yes. I think she just handed it to her husband, yeah. and he uh, gave it back to her when she finished. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was really cool. Yeah, I think that. So what was interesting to me, and something that stood out was, I think as a general population runner, when we meet elites sometimes you wonder if they are going to be personable like mm-hmm. are they going to be are they going to be on this high horse or kind of what their personality is because sometimes you don't really see their personality but I think all four of the individuals that we met were very personable very humble and almost not understanding the magnitude of greatness that yeah they, they were kind of like yeah I'm gonna run and you know I run on Sundays and like right. Brandon could be a comedian I mean yeah. he was a funny he guy was, you know yeah. very personable but mm-hmm. you know he, he does shoe stuff so I'm sure he's used to talking to people all the time right. but yeah you know they were like you said, they were just kind of like, I don't know why you guys are so excited, but okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, someone else pointed this out to me. They said that, like, for us as runners, all, we look at them as celebrities. But, yeah. you know, running isn't popular enough of a sport to where they are celebrities in their everyday life. Like, when they go mm-hmm. to the mall where yeah. they live, it's not like people. You know, it's not like LeBron James walking through <laughs> yeah. people coming up to them. I mean, even if they so, went, if they had right. a shirt that, like, had their um, marathon PR on it, most mm-hmm. people like, is that fast? I'm right. Sure. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so... But, you know, I thought about exactly what you just said, Darrell. I thought about that when I was working the Expo on Friday. I yeah. said, there are some legends walking right by me. Yep. And I just, 
obviously maybe not connecting faces. Some people I can be like, oh, that's so-and-so. But yep. for the most part, they were walking all around me on Friday. Yeah, for sure. Like coming to the expo and being a part of panels. And I just didn't know. And it's like you don't realize the magnitude of it. Right. And I think with the panelists, for the people that we spoke to on Thursday, I think it's more so – Obviously, the spotlight for them was being African-American, mm-hmm. but like Peyton, Nathan, and Brandon, they're more American-born right. African-Americans mm-hmm. that are running, which, I mean, it's not taking anything away from Alphine or anyone else that was, you know, born in Kenya or anywhere else, but it's a big deal to be American-born and be in the Olympic trials. Oh, like, sure. it's amazing. So I think that we need to give you know appreciation to that and just uh, the amazingness of it. And it's great. We want you to stay humble, but... They're also amazing individuals. Indeed. Now we, since we were there and we got to watch Alephine give her her interview, she gave a little heads up as to what she was going to do. So we got a little clip for y'all to listen to. Yes. If Indy knows. Stop, Tommy. So while we were interviewing, so while we were interviewing, Alfie, someone from the um, from the crowd basically said, "So what's your expectations for the weekend, um, and what's your expectations for the race?" And this is what she said. Awesome. So I mean, I mean, if that, I mean, for number one, she says, "I'm here to win." I'm here to win. I'm here. I'm here to make the podium. If anything, and she did it. She did that. She did the dang thing. She said, "Number one was to win, and number two was to make the podium." Exactly. So at the end of the day, I mean, I was like, at the when she won, I was like, "I gotta find that clip." I know I have it. She said, "That's what I was saying." I was like, "I know she said." Like I couldn't remember. She said she wanted to do something special or exactly what she said, but I knew she had kind of foreshadowed right. that her plan was to come in there and do her thing. And, yeah. and she definitely did. And honestly, when she said that, some people were like, oh, she's a little aggressive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Some people were, you know, were like, okay, that's, that's, you know, but I'm like, for me, I'm like confidence, claim yes. it. What you, what you want, you speak it into existence. So I think that that's amazing that she was confident and she came out here and ran the doggone thing. Now, Darrell, where were you during the race, the actual race? Um, so before the race started, I was in the VIP tents, which were like lined along the finish mm-hmm. line. And then, so I was there for, um, I'd say the first hour and a half of the men's race. And then we moved to the finish line. Okay. Um, and so then, I mean, my task was really, um, really just to catch people as they crossed the finish line. And, mm. um, you know, the, most of the men were fine when they came through Okay. and the leading women were fine. But mm-hmm. once you got past the first... 10 to 20 women. Yeah. I mean, they were coming and they were dropping. Mm-hmm. So our task was to basically catch them before they hit the ground. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you could see it, you know, it's crazy. Like as they're, I'm standing at the finish line as they're coming down that long straightaway, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. kind of kneeled down and looking in their eyes and you can see it in their eyes. You can tell which one mm-hmm. is going to run through and which one somebody, they're going somebody's down. got to catch them as soon as they cross. Wow. Yeah. So how was that for you? It was, it was exciting. Like it started out first. I was in like 
kind of fan mode because I'm watching like all of the winners come across. Yeah. And, right. and then um, I remember Rich saying like once the first few got through, Rich was like, all right, this is when it's going to start. And mm-hmm. he was like, so this is where I'm going to need y'all to, to step in. And sure enough, right. right after he said it, that's when they started coming through. And man, it was just, it got so intense and it got so fast paced. We were running out of wheelchairs. Oh, wow. Really? Because, you know, you had to get them in a wheelchair and wheel them to the medical tent and then get that wheelchair back. To get but the next one. it was ones. rolling so quick that we were, we were like running out. So it was exciting. Um, exciting just being a part of it and knowing that like, all right, this, this job is really important. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. We, we were talking about Peyton. Peyton was one of the people that I ended up uh, oh, helping. Nice. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I got to see a lot of them. I saw Alephine, of course. I saw Peyton. I saw Nathan. Uh-huh. Um, so it was, it was cool. I get I got to see the athletes embrace their family members. Okay. And I didn't want to take any pictures of that because right. some of it looked like emotional. Because when yeah. they cross the line, so. they would hug up. And, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, they were like yelling to get their family members like yeah. into that area and whatnot. So it was, it was yeah. really exciting. That's awesome. I saw Peyton again on Sunday. Okay, I was actually okay. walking to my car and she was walking to watch the the race. Nice. And I was trying. I was like, dang. I should. Afterwards, I was like, I should have got another picture. But I'm like, I'm over here fangirling like crazy. <laughs> and, Peyton, and Peyton is so chill. Like she yeah. just kind of looks at you like, oh, I'm just here. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm just like, girl, you are amazing. <laughs> I know. And she actually finished. Um, two forty two fifty four was her time. That's solid. Two forty two fifty four. Particularly on that course. Yes. yes yes this is what and, and and you know maybe they've already talked about this y'all you know y'all got some pull over there at atlanta track club <laughs> we need to have a race on that course i mean i know it's probably pretty expensive to close off Peachtree, but i think the Peachtree road race is what you get yeah <laughs> i mean but I that's met- the other half i, I, I want to run through downtown i want to run up Peachtree. no i did not do the road to gold that would be one that was the race that was pretty much for what you're asking yeah because pretty much every race in atlanta starts in downtown but it doesn't i mean down you don't come down Peachtree. you you're saying you come up Peachtree? is that what you're saying okay up down so you're saying from marietta street you want to go that direction because it is a different direction exactly yeah Yeah, because Peachtree comes down and then makes that turn i want to it's going through buckhead i want to come through downtown I feel you because you know? we kind of stopped the Peachtree Road Race stops in Midtown more like what yeah. I consider more so yeah. Midtown right. whereas this race came from the CNN Center area mm-hmm. and went up towards through where uh, the Hooters and all that stuff is on Peachtree which is is more so Buckhead than not really Buckhead. Is it considered Buckhead? Which part? Is what Buckhead? Well, Hooters? No, Hooters We're is downtown. Hooter, well, um, yeah. well, downtown. Yeah. Is, so it is yeah. a totally different area yeah. than what the Peachtree Road race exactly. is. Exactly. So I want, I I want that saying. kind of race. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to fit. Buckhead and Midtown are the more, you know. It's pricey to close those yeah, streets Well, down. not that. I think people want to be there. You know, downtown, a lot of times people are less interested in downtown. But as long it, as they don't change the marathon, because I'm like. T- I'm happy where that is now because I want people who come from Atlanta to see the whole spread of Atlanta. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I like the new the new course for the marathon. I think maybe they should, you know, maybe do a kind of a San Francisco thing and do two halves. Like, if you don't want to run the marathon, do the front half. You can either run the front half or you can either run the, the back half because you're already blocking off the street anyway. Yeah, you space, know, yeah. so kind of how San Francisco does, you can run the front half or you can run the back half of the actual marathon. I think that'd be pretty cool because I would like to because that the half on the public's half the half marathon the public's half marathon is pretty has not changed really from the beginning the first half anyway. So you're saying you would rather do the second half? Yeah, I would. If I was going to run a half, I would love to run the second half. Man, stop being lazy. 
You want to <laughs> know how to run the second half? Run the first half first. Get him to run. I've run that one plenty of times. I think it would just give a you know a little fresh. And I mean, it's like I mean you know I guess maybe you would have to. It may be a little bit more expensive, but like I said, the road's already closed. I mean, that's how San Fran is. It's more expensive. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah but you know. So, anyway. but I think I think that, and this is just from my observation. This has nothing to do with me being an mm-hmm. ambassador because I don't know this detail. But I think that Publix probably needs to become a little bit more popular, like the full, before they do a transition like that. Because I don't know if the full is as popular as they would like it to be. I think the half and the five Ks you know, pretty popular, but I think the full will probably get a need to get a little bit more participation for them to break it out. Like how that. many people were in the full this year? I'm not 12,000. Sure. No, no, not that many. I if, I think it was somewhere in the two to three range for the full. How many were in the half? Uh, more than double that. I mm-hmm. think the half was somewhere around seven. Okay. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Total numbers were like in that 10 to 12. Right? Okay. That's majority, must, that's must've been a number I heard the total. Okay. Half, and then you got the 5k. Yeah. Right. Because think, the full is hilly. I mean, it's tough to get people. When you think about the big marathons, mm-hmm. right? Like Chicago. Yeah. Uh, well, New York is just New York, so that's a little bit different. But um, a lot of them, you know, Boston's downhill. A lot of them, they're not on as challenging of a course as this. This course, out the the mm-hmm. uh, public's full. The Atlanta Marathon had more elevation than the uh, trials. Mm-hmm. So oh, really? All the complaints that, or not complaints, but everyone who made comments about how hilly the trials were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Atlanta Marathon is hillier than that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, is is not San Francisco a hilly? I mean, when people say that, I'm like, but there are cities with hills that have marathons that are very successful. How big is San Francisco's marathon? I don't know. I'm just talking. That's but I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm no, not I have sure, zero but I mean, numbers to back it up. up. I mean, in, in the San Francisco Marathon, I doubt that they're going up the hills. Like, how you see, what is it, Family Map? Was it Full House, those hills? Yeah. That they were, yeah. They're not it running up, up the, those hills it, like Full House. the Crooked Hill? I don't think so. I, I never, I've never done okay, it, so yeah. I can't say. Well, I wanted to do that half. Right, but anyway, yeah. but I mean, that's an option. Look, we'll take notes for you, Tommy. <laughs> I mean, okay, okay, audience, let me cut both their mics off. Um... Audience, see, this is what you get. <laughs> this is what you get when people get a little bit of power. They're like, Thomas, I'm really not sure if that's something that the Atlanta Track Hub can look into. Um, you know. <laughs> Yo, he is so disrespectful. He really turned our mics off. See how he treats the guests? <laughs> wow. Like, yes, be, be nice. I come to visit. He put me in the corner. Got me and Tom out. Get a little power. Thomas, we'll look into it, but I don't think that's something that the Atlanta Track Club really wants to do. When I tell I'm you, I'm just saying. You know. Let's get into the nitty gritty. Yeah. So, did you? I asked Indy already. She said she didn't see it. Did you? Have you seen a picture of the start where Galen's oh. sitting? Yo, that was so epic. I did man. not see that picture. Yo, that, was, yeah. that was a boss move, right? Man, there. he's just sitting. So he's sitting on the starting that, line. I need that as a poster. <laughs> what not? Yes. Yeah. It was it was like I mean, all of them are like lined up standing there looking like they're primed to go. And he's just sitting there like Indian he's just style? Like, no, no, no. He's you know, like knees up. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. But he's sitting there like he's just chilling on a Sunday afternoon, like, man, y'all let me know when y'all ready. Yeah, Shut let me know when y'all up. ready to run. I have not seen that picture. Now man. I'm sure for his perspective, he was probably just conserving his Yeah. Way yeah. it looks, it yeah. looks like someone was who's like, so comfortable in who they are. Yeah. And it's like, man, y'all. He's like, know. I'm ready for this. Yeah. Now I asked, and we're gonna get into how he put the hammer down. But right, um, I was talking to India because he did not, he did not take, he did not do the pre-race um, press conference. Yeah, he did not stay to start because the next day at the uh, at the Publix Marathon and half, the um, winners 
all came out and helped start the race. Right. He did not stay for that. I mean, I, I saw him in the post-race interview. He seemed very affable. He seemed very happy, mm-hmm. you know, in a good mood. So I was like, okay, maybe he's, maybe, you know, maybe he had to get back to his family. He has kids, you know, that kind of thing. Maybe mm-hmm. that has something to do with it. What do you think? Do you think he, he's feeling some kind of way because, he, you know, of what happened with Al, Alberto or, you know? I mean, I don't know. I, I know he, I remember in the post-conference interviews, they asked, somebody asked him if, if he was, like, tired of, of fielding those questions. That's mm-hmm. exactly what I said. Yeah. And I'm sure that's that's part of it. And I think mm-hmm. also, just from a personality perspective, I've heard him say, like, he's a little bit more reclusive. Okay. And maybe some of the others, like, if you compare, like, Meb is, like, hyper Everywhere, outgoing, yeah. You know yeah, Meb yeah, is everywhere. talkative. Yeah. Other mm-hmm. end of that spectrum. And as someone who's introverted myself, like, I can... I can understand that. But when he does speak Mm -hmm. to your point, I think he's kind and he's considerate in Mm -hmm. his responses. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it didn't seem like he had an attitude or no, anything no, no, when he no, did no. speak. So I was like, well, you know, maybe he's just, you know, like like I said, he's got, as a person with a new kid, I'm like, I don't want to be away from him that long. Yeah, so, he has twins. Like, yeah. I don't, I think that, not I think, I didn't, I've never seen him in a press conference come off like he's not a cocky guy yeah. at all. Yeah. Like, he's about, you know, he seems like he's about his business. He's pretty, he's kind of, res, like you said, reserved about it. Like, mm-hmm. he's really reserved. Um, but I have seen a couple interviews recently with him and he was vetting out those like those everybody was asking him about Alberto and he's like listen I'm coming here to run I'm not coming here to talk about that and I'm sure it is very frustrating to always and tiring like talk about me like talk about my fitness and where I am and if I'm Mm -hmm. ready for the race tomorrow don't talk about that because that conversation is already being handled and Mm -hmm. I am not Alberto so I can only imagine kind of how he feels and that's just my assumption that he probably didn't want to get into into all that yeah and it's probably heavy I mean you gotta remember Alberto raised him from worked with him from when he was like a child yeah that's what we were talking about before the podcast Mm -hmm. like man it was from the beginning so you've got regardless of whatever Alberto did or didn't do or whatever Mm -hmm. still that's like if my I don't want to put it like somebody died, but if my brother shot somebody, yeah. he's still my brother. You know what I mean? Right. Like he's still, you know, that's my boy. Yeah. Or the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. You know, if Galen Rupp, as he says, believes that um, uh, perhaps Alberto didn't do anything wrong, mm-hmm. then imagine even worse, like feeling like someone who you're really close to is being looked at um, incorrectly. You know, yeah. Like it's like a false accusation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's even more like, no, y'all don't understand like this, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. But I do know that there's probably some emotion. Did you guys see the picture uh, when he uh, hugged Jordan has said, Jordan has said yeah, I said you, that I too. Yeah. Yeah. I could feel it. And I think both of them have gone through so much with the transition yep. of coaching. And you could feel it in that picture. Sure. Like it was very much of just we made it. We yep. finished. You know, I know that a lot of people were saying that he was consoling her because she did. She came in, I think, on the 26th. I think yeah. she came in 26. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of one of those things where I think he was. A lot of people were expecting her to be within the top, and she wasn't. It doesn't seem like it was a very good day for her. And I think it was just the emotions of everything that they've gone through. And we underestimate the emotional and mental part that goes on to with changes in life, changes in coaching. And this is someone that you're close with. I mean, when you have mm-hmm. a coach, you're talking to them daily. Yep. You're with them all the time. You're spending physical time with them. And so I'm sure it took a toll. But we can only assume um, what it is, but they're still humans just like we are. That's right. Also, so let's get into the actual race itself. And I don't know how much you actually, because you were actually working, how mm-hmm. much you got to see. But this was a very tactical race. Mm-hmm. And I meant to get the names of the original guys that came out flying. Oh, I got Because it was two sets 
I got you. Okay. Okay. okay go ahead. Okay. I was gonna say I got you. Yeah, yeah. I, I looked at that too. Um, I know I got that names down. Here. Oh, Brian Schrader was the one that was in the front. Yes. Okay. So um, he came out. He took quite a leap. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I want to say how many loops? Two loops, maybe. So he or was one in and a lead, from what I understand. And uh, like we said, just for our listeners, we were not in front of a TV um, watching it. We were Tommy and I were at mile two and a half. Like the first loop was two and a half. So mm-hmm. we saw them six times, but it was very different areas. But Schrader, correct. So he actually was in the lead until half marathon is what from my understanding. Yeah, a little bit further. So he. Uh, Galen took the lead from him at mile 15. Okay. And then he, uh, and then Brian Schrader DNF'd at mile 16. Okay. Really? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So he, he dropped out a mile after he got overtaken by Galen Rupp. Hmm. Do you think he just, I just, I don't understand. You come to the Olympic trials. Cause I mean, honestly, I think if he runs with the group, he's got a shot. He's got to be that fast. I want you to look at it in a different way from what I, how I look at it. Right. So I look at it because he's a he's a Saucony. He's a he's sponsored by Saucony. Mm -hmm. Right. So one way that I looked at it was I am here at the trials. I made it to the trials. If I can get my 45 minutes, an hour of spotlight (laughs) of being the first person in the the front of trials, why not? And the amount of people that DNF'd on Saturday at this course like that, I don't think that that was even like a. a thought in his mind. I think he was like, you know what? I'm feeling good. I'm going out. I'm going to get my time. And however long I can hold it, I'll hold it. Like, I didn't think of it as why would you do that at trials? Like, I think we all know when well, I know when I saw them, I said, oh, you're going to get ate up. Like that yeah. was just yeah. like in the beginning, we all know that in a marathon, the race doesn't really start until like mile 20. Right. So yeah. especially with the elites, it doesn't really start until like mile 20. So when you see someone out front like that, you're like, okay, he's going all out, but he's not going to more than likely not going to win. And I, he wasn't alone though. Yeah. Like there were, um, Luke Puskedra. Puskedra. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. probably saying his name wrong. Lead. So he took an early lead. Clayton Albertson, Albertson, excuse me. He took an early lead. Now Luke, didn't finish either, so he DNF'd. Um, Clayton actually came in seventh place, mm-hmm. and then um, Dan Nestor also took what was out in front as well, and he but he also DNF'd. But I think he DNF'd closer to mile twenty. Okay. So I mean, there were some people that definitely they took the lead. Those are the people that I first saw before seeing the lead pack were those individuals. So you know, also what was really cool was being at that bar and. Other runners, you know, other runners are in there. I've never watched any marathon, I think, with a group of people. I think I usually watch a marathon on that couch by myself, Mm -hmm. you know, at 3 o'clock in the morning or whenever it is on. So you don't have people to talk to. It was so cool to talk to people like, yeah, mile 20. You know, that's, that's, you know, you're talking like. (laughs) Like like they're about to fill it. Like when I'm talking Mm -hmm. to people talking about football, like, oh, that's, you know, he's playing that too close or basketball or whatever. You don't usually get a chance to do that. Mm -hmm. I thought that was the coolest thing. That's Ever. a good point. Yeah. So, Darrell, what do you think? Why you what? What are your thought process of them taking it out quick? I think to me it made sense because I think that's the only chance that they have. So, mm-hmm. like, um, like Galen Rupp is a. So you mentioned Luke Prescheder. If I remember correctly, he finished like he finished fourth in the 2016 trials. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's already familiar with Galen Rupp mm-hmm. and Schrader. Same thing. Galen Rupp runs like a something like a 348 mile, mm-hmm. and uh, Bernard Lagat also mm-hmm. is like a 348 miler. So these guys. When you like, they all came through the half in 105. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You t- you're looking at Galen, he's 206, 
205 marathon. Mm-hmm. So you know that, like, you can't if – if your plan is to sit with Galen Rupp you and don't, you, you think you're going to, like, beat him at the last mile or the last 5K, like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So really the only shot you have is to just try to set a pace the whole time and try to get ahead, almost like how um, how uh, Meb won uh, – Boston Marathon in 2014. You just mm-hmm. kind of jump out there and hope that by you the time they it. decide to cut it down, it's mm-hmm. too late. They they run out of space. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But that did not happen. Oh, of course not. Because <laughs> <laughs> when I say Galen put the hammer down, Galen put the hammer down. He showed mm-hmm. everybody, look, I'm healthy. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Let's go. And he said, I am the best chance of America winning any kind of medal in the marathon in the Olympics. And he showed that. Um on uh on Saturday, uh the other Riley, I love that guy, cause I look back, cause I I was there, I was taking photos, um and so I go back through my photos, he was he he was pretty far back, yeah, mm-hmm. he was pretty far back at one point in the race and pulled all the way to second, so he he's my MVP really mm-hmm. in in this whole thing. So did you have? And I know you never mentioned your top picks. Um, well, you didn't want to mention top picks. No, this time, and once again, let me say why I didn't. It's not because I'm scared of picking somebody because I, I really thought Galen was definitely going to be on the team, but also I, I didn't give a crap who won. I just want. People, I mean, everybody was USA. I so, want I mean. people to. I want people who are going to the Olympics to medal. I'm. I'm not. Look, I'm tired of just showing up. I want people to go to the Olympics and medal. So whoever that was going to be, mm-hmm. whoever came out and showed me. I'm ready for the Olympics. That's who I wanted to win. And I think that's what happened. In both in both races, I think it was I mean, Rupp had a lead, obviously, but but that second and second third spot was neck to neck. Yeah. So I mean I think on both races it was it was big. Did you have top Storo? Did you have your picks? Yeah, I, I was one for six. So my bracket was <laughs> totally busted. <laughs> I had on the men's side I had Galen. Galen's a machine. Right. So like he's he's just a yeah. monster. So mm-hmm. I had Galen, I had uh Fable and I had Jared Ward. That was that was my three. Um, I was surprised about Jared. Yeah. Did, yeah. did you see him post his post conference? Uh-uh. Yeah, I think he was surprised about himself. He was definitely. Um, you could see that he was unhappy with with his performance. And you I think he ran imagine. too much because he was in a lot of races leading up to this. For know, for somebody leading up to something like this, to me, know. he ran a lot. So so you know, I think I I hear that comment a lot. Like, do runners run too much? Right? Like, mm-hmm. I think do elites run too much? And I think I hear it's two ends of the spectrum. Is are you too tired? And so you have run too much, mm-hmm. or is it that you need that time on your legs so or so that you know that you're ready? You can be on the line and like push through a race as because you know that you put the time in so i don't know like when it comes to elite is it running too much like can you run well too he much? personally best in houston and a half mm-hmm. i'm sorry you not why are you personally what the hell are you doing <laughs> but it's also Sit a different down. course and i think we i think what we also have to realize is my thought process for whoever made it to the podium was you had to be on on that day. Everything had yeah. to click. Yeah. Your body had to be on. You couldn't have digestion issues. You you know what I mean? Like everything. The weather, it was windy as crap in Atlanta on Saturday. It was cold. Like mm-hmm. as a spectator, I had on gloves and everything. So, I mean, I think everybody just had to be on. And we all know that everybody has a bad race day. Mm-hmm. And like the winners of that race, 
they just were on. And it just seems like the people that we thought, because I'm with you, I only had one person. I think I had Rupp up there. But everybody else for me did not. They, I mean, some of them obviously were in the top 10 and top 20, but they didn't hit the podium. Yeah. And I think that I don't see anything wrong with the fast half. I could be mistaken because I'm kind of going off the cuff here. But when Galen ran his PR half, which was he ran a 59 yeah. something, mm-hmm. I think that was his build up to Prague. Where oh, he really? Ran his, yeah. his PR mm-hmm. um, marathon. So I don't think, honestly, I don't think the mileage is an issue. Mm-mm. And I don't think running a fast half before is an issue. I just think some like, on game day, you show up or you don't, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that they just didn't show up and mm-hmm. we come up with all kinds of excuses mm-hmm. but i mean at the end of the day you're a professional so yeah right. and i think he had that attitude he wasn't like copying excuses or anything but yeah he, no he i, I, I read his uh he did a tweet or something like that and yeah he he handled it like a man like a professional mm-hmm. athlete that's how yeah. he handled it so that's you know that's the way you got to do it right. now the women's side was totally different it was a totally different race yeah, i was over three on the women's side by the way <laughs> really yeah, yeah I, didn't. I don't think anybody I did okay, so I was trying to watch the the recast of the actual television version. I was yeah. trying to watch it today on YouTube. Actually mentioned Molly's name, the young lady that came in second. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually mentioned it on the telecast, so I was like, "Well, it's not like she was out of nowhere," because I guess somebody knew who she was. No, she was out of nowhere. They she mentioned was her name out of when nowhere. She started closing. Well, no, yeah. no, literally the beginning of the telecast. This guy goes. And then there's Molly Sadell who's ranking. She qualified. This will be her first. And maybe it's because so it was I her think first that marathon. That's the reason yeah. why she was mentioned. So she qualified for the Marathon Olympic Trials in a half marathon. Yeah. She had never in her life run a full marathon. Right. So the fact that I think that's the reason why she was mentioned is because that was her debut and she placed like she placed second. Yeah. But I think that's the reason why is because majority of the people that have run or were running for the trials this weekend had run at least a marathon. I mean, mm-hmm. of course, there were some sprinkles in there, just like uh, Molly. But I think that that was a rarity. And and the women worked together, basically. I mean, they really worked together to finish, um, which, you know, I, I guess in, in this race, you definitely had to between the wind and the hills. Mm-hmm. trying to run out on your own probably would not have been the best idea. You were working too hard. Well, I mean, I think that that's something that was mentioned, but I think the packs for the women um, didn't start to spread out until a little bit after the half. Like there was a, the group for the women was, it was a big group for a majority of well half, yeah. at least half of the race. And I think that that's great. And that just means that we had a good field. We had yeah. a good field and people that were really trying to work together. I thought something that was interesting and what I observed when we were in Hudson grill was Sally. So Sally came in third. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, I know for me, you, you were still in Hudson. I went up to big peach run and watched the women come in it was very interesting. Every time the camera would would go on Des, Des went, like every time it would go yeah. on Des, the crowd would go crazy because everybody loves Des, yeah. Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But Sally really had to run that to get the third place. She really kind of ran it by herself. Even though Des was behind her, it wasn't, yeah. You could tell that Des just didn't have it in her to like punch it to, to catch up to her. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of like, dang, it, I'm sure Sally kind of felt kind of maybe felt bad because everybody's like, Des, 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 Des. And it's like, no, here is Sally doing an amazing <laughs> job. But everybody was rooting for Des because she's just an America's best. Like, people love her yeah. as an individual. So Yeah, for sure. Now, Des was closing at the end, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think she, she had a she she was strong. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think she was strong. At the end, I mean, she was... 
I mean, not too far behind. She was what? What's that? Eleven seconds off, mm-hmm. and and that was that was after closing the gap. Um, one thing I want to double back on on mm-hmm. Molly is that, um, you know, Galen Rupp when he won the 2016 trials, that was his first marathon as well. He had qualified with and a half. Oh wow! But um, he was still favored. Like even though that 2016 trials was his first marathon, he was coming in and people were picking him as either the favorite or second behind. Um, behind uh meb wow but mm-hmm. molly came out her bib number was a 139 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I and for those that, that don't follow running mm-hmm. like for the elites their bib numbers are basically they're you ranking. Get ranked yeah. on how you yeah. how you come in qualified so you mm-hmm. know like jordan Hesse, i think she, she had three mm-hmm. you know des had two so on and so forth um so 139 Right. And so Galen was <laughs> yeah. And to come in mm-hmm. second. And she and she came in second. Like that is that is crazy. Now it just so um it just so happens that she was wearing well, I don't know if we want to go to shoe talk, but we gotta double back on this. Yes, we it do. just so happened <laughs> that she was wearing Saucony. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you right now, if Molly would have been wearing vapor flies, four percents, mm-hmm. next percents, any of those, mm-hmm. the world would have flipped upside down and said, This is proof yeah. mm-hmm. that the one thirty ninth person to put the shoe on and win. It would have been a wrap. But because she because she was wearing Saucony, you're just not right. gonna hear anything about it now. Right. But uh, well, I mean, we, Riley, Riley uh, threw on his free pair of uh, Alpha Flies. Word. Yeah. But yeah. Here's the thing: we under. I think with um with with Jacob Riley, I think we just overlooked him because he oh, his well, he had been injured was, for a long time. He had been injured. He just had Achilles surgery two years ago. Yeah, he had that a year ago. A year ago, injury that Galen Rupp had. Yeah. So and when he ran Chicago, uh-huh. he his he was within a second of of Ward and and um and Fable and all of them. Yeah. So his Chicago time, if I'm not mistaken, was actually faster than mm-hmm. Ward's. Remember when everyone, all of the guys ran at two oh nine? He was right there. It's just that right. his name wasn't buzzing as much. But he came in. I mean, he his uh, bid was five. Right. Yeah, the fifth best. I was about to say he was ranked time. five. Yeah. Wow. So he was the fifth best qualifying time and he qualified with a two ten thirty six. And on race day he, he did a two ten oh two. And his so, coach beforehand said that he was in two oh eight shape. Mm-hmm. So this wasn't this shouldn't have been a surprise. Right. Well, and this is a an, okay, so and I love the Olympic trials, not just the marathon trials. I love the Olympic trials, period, because it gives anybody the opportunity to go to the Olympics is whereas there's some countries don't have trials. They just have a, co- a committee that picks their, their runners or whatever um, that way. So I, that's what I love about these Olympic trials because there are people that definitely, if we had a committee in America, maybe one, like one of the six would have been picked. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. Gotta love it. Yeah, and even Abdi. Go level, go level status. Right, we had go status too. <laughs> no, but I mean seriously, I think that even with all of the men and women's, we really had some people that, like you said, Darrell overlooked. Like right. Abdi was listed as number eleven, right? So I think that most people they're looking at the top ten. Most people are like, oh, let me look at the top ten. There's ten people. Somebody out of this group may may mm-hmm. make it, but he yeah. was considered top ten. He ran a two eleven to qualify, two eleven thirty four to qualify. So at the end of the days, I think you really have to look at that too. Of there could be anybody. Alphine was ninth, like on the list. Yeah. So I think, the, I think media has their favorites on who they spotlight, but who really has the fitness? Maybe something totally different. Yeah. Now I did hear the media talked about Abdi and um and Alphine. Mm-hmm. 
so they were at least mentioned. I think the thing with Abdi, they were talking about him the same way they were um, with Bernard Lagat, saying yeah. like, these are the yeah. older statesmen, yeah. but they still, you know, you can't count them out. Kind exactly. Of and with Alephine, it was her comeback from, from pregnancy mm-hmm. and yeah. all of that kind of stuff. But they were both at least looked at. I think the two that I just didn't hear anything about was Jacob Riley and, and Miley Sedell. Sedell. And mm-hmm. I think with her, I mean, there's good reason. Well, yeah, why would you? Yeah. If you're going to talk about her, you got about 130 people that you need right. to talk about. And Des made the comment that four years from now, we're going to look back at Molly and say, like, duh, obviously. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, she's going to probably have um, a great career. Yeah. Okay. And she just had hip surgery a year ago, too. It just amazes me sometimes these athletes have these surgeries and they come back just stronger than ever stronger than ever and i think it's awesome um we had a couple of um women who either had a child recently or were pregnant out there running so i counted five people Uh um personally five i got i have documents of four so there were rachel highland lauren philbrook stephanie sleskis as well as kelly logner um so um they actually rachel Lauren and uh, Kelly were actually, Kelby, excuse me, Kelby actually were pregnant and Stephanie just had her baby four weeks ago. So, wow. yes. So these, I just think it's amazing that they were out there. And of course you could, I could tell, cause I see a little bump in majority of the athletes that were running this weekend were six pack ready. <laughs> <laughs> so these ladies, you could definitely tell, um, you know, had, were pregnant and only two of them actually dnf the other two the other ones finished wow. like they finished and it, the interesting part about it what i think is amazing um like for for stephanie she just had her baby uh four weeks ago she actually finished it at a 314 like mm-hmm. just a, four weeks after having a baby you did a 314 marathon That's crazy. that that is crazy yes. and I, it's and i mean rachel highland she ended up um pulling out halfway but she was at an eight 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 eleven pace when she pulled out and it's like she actually, I mean, at what point do you just, that's just, to me, that's just willpower and push to be able to continue to do that. I remember at the check-in table, and I don't I don't remember her name. It was so many people. But mm-hmm. one of the pregnant women came up and got her bed for me. And uh, mm-hmm. it was me and, and another guy. I remember, I was so confused. When she first mm-hmm. walked up, like, people were coming in with their families. Okay. Uh-huh. So when she walked up, I just assumed that. She was somebody's she wife. She was somebody's wife. Else. Okay. She was asking for her bib, and mm-hmm. I, I, I looked. You were like, and oh. I've, I've made those mistakes <laughs> before, so I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say anything. But in my mind, I'm like, wait. And what I remember when she doing? walked away, he was like, but she's pregnant, right? I was like, right. yeah. And I was like, I don't know. Yes. Right, yes. Yeah. And Kelby actually, yeah, she finished at a um, at 312.01. And it's just, and she actually was 26 weeks pregnant. So it's just, I just think it's amazing. And I think, like, from the stories that I've seen and articles that I've read, they just said, you know what, I qualify for these trials. I'm going to come enjoy this experience. Yeah. Did she get two medals for that? <laughs> I feel like they should have, right? Like, that's going to be the story of the lifetime. You actually ran the oh, yeah. Olympic trials. Exactly. And, you know, it's it's funny because when I did the Iron Woman podcast on Wednesday, um, there the one of the ladies was explaining how she has four kids. And she said she always gets mom shame for traveling and being a triathlete mm-hmm. and actually running. And she was like, running and being a triathlete is my outlet in order for me to stay sane to even care for these kids. Yeah. So she said she's actually tired of people always bringing up 
the fact that she's mm. a mom and like what are you doing how are you doing all these things and being a mom who's caring for your children and, and she's like it's time management with me and my husband and my support system she was like this is what keeps me sane why and this was actually Sarah Bishop that mentioned this she was like this is what keeps me sane and so if I can stay on the pavement and do what I love I can be a better mom to these children yeah I can imagine that that is un that is very unfair though because I'm sure no one says that to guys that have children mm -hmm. saying that like you're but there is like this additional requirement that people um unfairly put on moms you know to probably say like well yeah i get that that's messed up mm -hmm. i never thought about that yeah um i mean yeah i mean trey likes heather way more than me so i can see why <laughs> i mean just kids it, i don't know if it's a hormone thing or whatever but kids gravitate to their because my best friend, the first thing he told me is like, okay, there's going to come a time when he's just going to be in love with her. And yeah. you just have to deal with it. And then he was right. It, it, it did come to that. So I don't know if that don't is. Worry, we usually carry it, the baby. It, it, it comes around. It comes around. Yeah. It comes around. <laughs> you know, your, your time will come back. You know, once you know, once he gets to playing sports and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I want to get back to... That is a great discussion that myself, India Cook, and Darrell Patterson are having about the Olympic trials and running in general. And don't worry, you'll get to hear the rest of that discussion in its entirety um, next week when we put out a bonus episode. But we had a chance to speak with Jay Holder. He's the marketing director for the Atlanta Track Club. And we talked to him shortly after the trials ended a couple of days later. And I wanted to be able to get that interview out for you guys to listen to it. He talks about the preparation and gives his thoughts on how he felt the event eventually turned out. So I'm going to bring that on right now. All right. Yes. We have got a great guest today, Jay Holder. Hey, Jay. Hey, Jay. Hey, guys. How's it going? It's Pretty going good. great. So you all might remember Jay Holder from our episode 11 with the run duo. So he is the director of marketing with Atlanta track club and he's become a good friend of mine. So <laughs> at this point, I'm like, I'm going to get Jay on here. Easy to talk to. He's a marketing guy. So he interviews well. So Jay, what's going on? Are you rested? It's been a big, I guess, year or so of just hammering down with the Olympic trials. How are you feeling? It's, it's, it's a strange feeling. It's, you know, when you have a day after day of uh, working towards this giant thing, which is not just the trials, but the public Atlanta marathon as well. Mm -hmm. And then it's over and it's like, what, what do I do? What are we supposed to be doing? I thought, what, what, what am I here for? I mean, there obviously there are things to do, but it's, it's a, it's really odd when it's somebody, well, I, I was talking to you compared it to a wedding today when you plan a wedding and mm. you know, you've been a whole year planning and everybody shows up. And you don't actually get to talk to any of them because you're too busy with the, you know, with the, with the wedding part of it. And mm -hmm. then it's over and you're like, okay, that was that. So that's, that's sort of how today feels uh, a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know you're probably like, what's next? But I know that um, Atlanta Track Club is planning, obviously, for the Peachtree. It's a couple months. It's a mm -hmm. months out, but it's a big time right now in regards to that because it's almost mm -hmm. time for registration. Yeah, it's coming up. So uh, so we, we gave ourselves a nice little... 13-day buffer in between, I'll turn off the sound on my phone there, uh, a little 13-day buffer in between uh, uh, America's Marathon Weekend and, and Peachtree, and then we hit lottery March 15th, so um, yeah, it, it'll be it'll be real soon. 
Awesome. Now, Jay, I did see your post about the um, Olympic marathon trials. And if anybody doesn't understand what we're talking about, this <laughs> right. is only days. We are recording this days after the Olympic marathon trials took place here in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, that was put on by the Atlanta Track Club. How did it turn out? And, you know, with all this buildup, with all this preparation, how did it turn out to you? I, you know, I'll, I, if you had told me a month ago that it was going to go as well as it went, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have believed you. It, 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 it was successful beyond our wildest dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the crowds were incredible. I mean, I, we thought we knew Atlanta would come out because we knew Atlanta is a great running, is a great running city. And, and people here are invested in sport in so many different ways, mm-hmm. but they turned out Atlanta turned out, beyond beyond belief i mean there were there were there were sections of peachtree street that looked like wellesley times two Mm -hmm. from the boston course i mean it it was it was really incredible i mean the things that we could control the things that we planned for actually happened the way we planned them to happen um i can't think of any major hiccups for the entire weekend other than Saturday was a little bit windy, but again, mm-hmm. you know, it goes back to the things you can, you can you plan can't for. Control you control mother nature. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's just yeah. unbelievable how well it went. And, uh, you know, I don't think anyone, any one of us would have bet on it happening the way it did. You, right. When you go into these big events, you, you always prepare to be thrown a curveball yeah. uh, mm-hmm. at the last minute. And it, the curveball never came. And, and it was just, it's a day, you know, I will personally remember in a weekend. I'll personally remember mm-hmm. fondly for the rest of my life. I mean, it was just a, a just a, an incredible, incredible event across the board. Yeah, definitely. I was, you know, it's funny that you said that about the crowd, because Tommy and I were together during spectating and we were in the intersection of Peachtree and right in between eight it was right and near the federal, the, uh, yeah. federal reserve building right in that area exactly so we yeah. were in that area and we saw a lot of people but over the last couple of days of me seeing videos our area mm-hmm. was not as packed as some other areas mm-hmm. but not in a Bad, our areas yeah. were packed but when mm-hmm. i saw other areas i was like oh my goodness because i didn't you know you don't realize <laughs> that because you're not in that spot right so of course we were trying yeah. to look over people and it was we were excited by the number of people that lined the streets in our area but other some areas were so packed like you said that i, I was just i was amazed i didn't think i thought that atlanta was going to come out the way that they did because i think some people were underestimating like oh i can get there right at noon and be okay i was like no oh, 10 o'clock in the morning <laughs> i told tommy i said i'm going out at 10 10 30 at the latest because these streets are going to be lined and that's exactly what happened in atlanta i was su- super super excited about it it was and i and i want to say this before we get because i know india has a million questions for you <laughs> no. but i want to just say this as an atlanta track club member as a member of the atlanta running community mm-hmm. thank you so much mm-hmm. for putting this on here in Atlanta because we were at um, Hudson Grill mm-hmm. and just kind of back Hudson Grill Midtown is where I used to go watch football when mm-hmm. I tell you the people there were as hyped about this as any time I've been there to watch mm-hmm. pro football mm-hmm. they were like turn yeah. it on the make sure it's on the TV mm-hmm. like in between the the routes we would come inside sit and then we when we saw on the TV we're coming back everybody would go back outside mm-hmm. and cheer and you know ring the bell so once again thank you very much yeah I think it was oh, very well organized coming out. I mean I mean, without if we didn't think that that would happen, if we didn't think that it would be embraced, and again, I, I can't say we anticipated that it would be embraced the way it was, mm-hmm. but if we didn't think we could pack the streets, we would have never have embarked on this. And if we just knew that. I think I, I think we talked about this last time we talked. I think that we 
in, Atl- in Atlanta, we members of the Atlanta running community know that Atlanta, their Atlanta running community is special, but it's kind of been a secret up until now. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we don't get lumped in with the Bostons and the New Yorks. Um, I think we will now. Right. <laughs> I think so. I think people were mm-hmm. blown away by what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so funny. And I've been hearing several little clips and interviews of, of athletes that were discussing the weekend. And I think I've heard no complaints there. They were, I think athletes were even amazed at how we packed the streets and how well the weekend went. And that just mm-hmm. warms my heart so much. I think the only, only complaint I heard, I heard, uh, Jacob Riley. He, of course, mm-hmm. he said his, I don't know if you saw that clip, um, yeah. Jay, but he said something, he's like, the only complaint is this, the course, but everything else, it was an amazing weekend. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, but to yeah. be expected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this whole thing was, was, I mean, obviously we cared about the spectators and that was a big part of, of the bit, but this was built around a, an experience, a once-in-a-lifetime experience for the athletes. And of course, Jake, mm-hmm. Jake's going to the Olympics, and, right. and Alistair and Molly and uh, and and Abdi are, are going to the Olympics. But for for most of the people in that field, they're not going to the Olympics. And yeah. this is it. This is this is their Olympic Games. So mm-hmm. it was really important to us that they had this experience that was that was that made them feel like championship runners from the second they stepped off the plane at Hartsfield, and mm-hmm. and that was that was really what we've spent. Uh, the last two years planning for is making sure that that, that that was what athletes felt and how they walked away from Atlanta feeling like they, they were the most important people in town that weekend. Right. So what do you think? And you just answered one of my questions of how long Atlanta Track Club has been planning for this process. Mm-hmm. So you said two, you said two years. What do you mm-hmm. think was the, I guess, most uh, challenging or room for, mm-hmm. I don't say room for me, most challenging area that Atlanta Track Club went through with this planning? Like, what do you think was, I guess, took the most power and, you know, more, most people to get involved in? What was an area that Atlanta Track Club really had to put some effort into? Hmm. I mean, the, the whole thing took it took a ton of effort, and for us, it was an undertaking that we'd never we've never done before. I mean, we we put sixty thousand people on the street at mm-hmm. Peachtree, but this is nothing like that. I mean, right. it's a, it's just a totally different kind of experience from from an organizational standpoint, from an operational standpoint, to a marketing standpoint. Mm-hmm. It's 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 not like any other event we do. So everything was really a challenge, and everything was doing it for the first time for us. So I, I think you know four things come to mind immediately when you ask that question, the first is the hospitality piece. Mm-hmm. Um, we planned for 400 athletes based on uh, past trials. I mean, that's, that's the best you can do is, is use, use the past as your guide. And uh, as everybody now knows, 720 qualified for the trials. <laughs> uh, uh, not something anybody really anticipated. So uh, finding hotel rooms and, and getting plane tickets for 720 people is a massive undertaking. Mm-hmm. Um and this is what we what we plan to do and promised to do when we bid for this was to provide lodging and travel for every athlete in the trials. And we believe that would be 400 athletes and we planned as such. So as the number continued to climb, we really had to, we really had to adjust our staffing, uh, adjust our budgeting uh, and, and make some changes and, and get some more hotel rooms. And that was a big challenge. Um, and, and one that we were able to obviously um, quickly, uh, rise to and our our hospitality team was incredible. Um, the water station sort of in the same vein. So um, we had 400 athletes at a massive undertaking for a personal hydration station. Major um, marathons do personal all the time, and for 40, 50 athletes at a place like New York or Chicago, it's a huge logistical challenge to put mm-hmm. the bottles in the right spot at the right place in the right time for the, for the right athlete to grab them we uh, committed to doing personal hydration for every athlete in the field. 
So we were at least looking at 400, which is going to be an undertaking. And we had uh, more than 500 athletes take us up on personal hydration. So we had a team that's entire job was figuring out how to make that work. Um, we had uh, each personal hydration station. There were two of them. They were beach passed three times and they were a mile long apiece. Mm. Um, and, and the first 15 tables had six bottles on them and the next had 12 bottles on them and they were broken down by number and gender. And yeah, we had to make sure the athletes were educated on how those worked. And we had to make sure that the volunteers were educated on how it worked. And if something was going to go wrong, it was, was going to be the personal hydration station yeah. because it was so mm-hmm. complex and all it took was one person doing it wrong to mess the whole thing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we all kind of just crossed our fingers with that first personal hydration station where everybody's were a bunch together and it went off without a hitch. I mean, we, there was not a single issue at a personal hydration station, but it was a huge undertaking. We had, actually, there's a woman on our staff who has an engineering degree from Stanford and she was the one that spent all of her time uh, you know, figuring that out. So, nice. um, so that's that's one of the big that's a big piece there, um, and then the the marketing piece was was really difficult because we are used to we're, we're in our organization built around uh, driving registration, getting people to sign up for events. We're not an organization uh, that spends a lot of time getting people to come out and spectate. That's just not what we do. Peachtree just sort of happens organically because it's Peachtree. Um, but this was I, my biggest fear was we we're going to do this thing. It's going to be an awesome race. It's going to it's going to be you know, great competition. The athletes are going to be really take, well taken care of. The streets are going to be, you know, mm-hmm. empty in places uh, because we have 34,000 members and I knew all they'd all come out and the running community would all come out, but it's, it's, it's 10 miles of roadway you got to pack. And, and that really was a big challenge for us. And so we just did everything we could to get the word out and tell people and, you, you know, bring up Hudson Grill. We were with bars along the course. Mm-hmm. We were, you know, if you've lived in that area in the last two weeks, your Facebook feed and, Digital uh, ads were probably covered with Olympic trial stuff, and um, but it was it was another kind of scary moment until I walked out on the start line on Saturday and saw, you know, Marietta Street packed from mm-hmm. sidewalk to sidewalk. We weren't sure if it was going to work. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, you know, it, there was a, just a number of, of challenges, and then the, then the fourth challenge, of course, biggest challenge was um, doing this and making sure that the public's Atlanta Marathon the next day didn't seem like an afterthought. And the mm. people, the 15,000 people participating in that got the same experience and the same level of service as the people in the trials. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's easy to plan to do that. But after you do a marathon all day and you've got to get up this morning and do it again, it would have been really easy to mail it in for anybody on our staff uh, and, and just say, you know what, I, I'm exhausted. I'm just going to get up and go through the motions. And no one did that. Right, right. I think that having the public, having Publix marathon, half marathon and 5k the next day was just like a cherry on top. Yeah, it was. I know most people's response to it was very excited and they felt inspired from Saturday and they're like, oh, I'm going out to run a race now on Sunday. So I think I got more of that versus, you know, I didn't get any of a uh, of it being a second thought, just more so like even more of a motivation to become a great runner. Even for myself, I was like, I'm at least going to do the 5K. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I at least want to be a part of this. I mean, people were just, people were still buzzing for the trials. It was awesome. And everybody, you know, we, we, on staff, we got there at 3 a.m. and everybody was just, 
I mean, you could, you would think that people would just be dragging and everybody was just ready to go mm-hmm. and, and, and bring it for another day. Yeah. And I think, I mean, Jay, I'm still buzzing from last week. It was just an amazing week leading up to the trials and the trials being that weekend. Like it was just, it's just an amazing experience to be able to watch. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. So what was a highlight for you on Saturday? I mean, doing media. So I think I saw a clip of you uh, basically just kind of delivering information to some of the announcers and things of that nature. Kind of what was the biggest highlight for you for the weekend or even just Saturday? Oh, wow. I'm still I'm still processing everything. It was all just I mean, it was surreal moment after surreal moment, because I mean, if you uh, to be completely honest, I'm a running fan. Like I'm, I'm a huge fan of the sport. I've followed it for years. Mm-hmm. And four years ago, I was in LA, a spectator on the streets watching the trials. And if, if you had told me then that we were going to be putting on the trials four years later, I would have said you were crazy. So, mm-hmm. I mean, every moment from when we walked out there and put up that trust for the first time to, to the second that Galen and Allison crossed the finish line was just, just surreal. It was sort of like, Am I, is this really happening? Mm-hmm. But I would say, you know, the moment, um, the moment that, that Galen uh, first came through because he was the first runner we had crossing the line first came through. It was just this like goosebumps moment of this is what we've been working toward. Mm-hmm. And here comes, you know, here comes the first member of team USA on, in any sport uh, coming into a park in the middle of Atlanta. Yeah. And, and, and it was just a really cool moment. And I was, I was at the finish line and <clears throat> my job was to, to put the flag around uh, the first place, finish your shoulders give them their towel and then make sure they got to make, make sure they got to their family and then make sure they got to NBC. Um, and that was, you know, all together, that was probably, you know, combined 10 minutes worth of work between the men and the women's finish. But that, that was definitely the highlight because it was just, I mean, it was, it was the, it was the, the culmination of all that work, a really visual culmination of all that work. Mm-hmm. Well, since you, you mentioned um, interacting with the athletes, obviously. So mm-hmm. did you have top picks for who was going to make it to the Olympics? Yeah, I um, I had privately made some picks. Uh, we we weren't <laughs> predicting anything as, as an organizer. We didn't want to yeah, we didn't want to put course. it out there. And I will say that um, I was I, no one who made the team is somebody who I would have ever been like. No I don't way, think anybody. Be yeah, I think everybody <laughs> right. was a surprise. Like I gave Ruff a little heads up, but my people weren't on in there. But go ahead. <laughs> my no, none of my picks made it. Um, okay. but I. But when you look at the team that made it, like uh, uh, they're not, they're, it's not shocking. Right. Um, it's not yeah. like these, these aren't, these aren't athletes with, with great resumes, mm-hmm. but it's certainly not the people that um, they weren't, it, they weren't all the top seeds other, other than Galen. But mm-hmm. then you look back at, you know, Abdi was clearly in great shape. He'd just run a master's record in New York mm-hmm. a couple of months ago. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and all signs seem to be pointing to him being in better shape coming into Atlanta. Um, Jake had just run two ten thirty thirty something in Chicago, and you know, um, so it's all it's it's not surprising when you look back on it. But no, not a single one of the athletes who crossed the line, uh, and the top six were ones that I that I had as my my personal picks. I didn't even think you know Galen to me was a big question mark, despite having run one hundred one and a half a, a month ago. He's the last couple of marathons have have not worked out well, and he's had a lot of. Mm-hmm. issues going on with coaching and the, and the, and the shoe debate has mm-hmm. been something that's really surrounded him. That, that takes a toll on a runner, the, the mental, the mental piece of it. So I didn't even have him to be honest, wow. <laughs> um, yeah. but, but I love that. I mean, the team, it's a great team and um, these athletes, you know, Alephine has a great connection to, to Atlanta. She's mm-hmm. on Peachtree. She's an amazing person. Uh, there's nobody better to represent team USA. 
Um, yeah, it's, I love the team. I'm, I'm really thrilled with who's going. Yeah. Alphine has a, a great personality. Like, <laughs> she's the best. It, it yeah, she's awesome. very, very she's nice, very, very down personal. to earth, very yes. personable. Yes, yes, definitely. I had mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I think on Twitter, that I was surviving on jelly beans and coffee, and I get a message from Alphine. She's like, We need you alive. You need to. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's so and awesome. I do have a couple of questions. Um, about the next day, you know, the marathon and the half marathon and the 5K. Because, okay, so, and I just saw this the day of, the VIP area from the Olympic trials, you guys made into the area where the, I think, Black Girls Run was over there. and group Yeah, the group, group area. area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that something yeah. you guys are going to keep? That was the greatest <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> We've had the group areas before. Yeah. Um, they've never been like that. But, uh, it, you know, we haven't started planning for 2021 <laughs> public. So we, all we have is a date. Um, right. but, uh, but, but I will, uh, maybe we will if you like it. Yeah, because yeah. it was it right cool on the vibe. finish line. Yeah, it was a great yeah. vibe that you were standing mm-hmm. right there as you, you you know the people that finished you're recovering and then you're seeing your friends mm-hmm. coming in so it was, it was really cool i enjoyed it all right we're noted <laughs> noted next next thing is <laughs> when are you guys putting out the atlanta flat shirt you guys have to do an atlanta <laughs> flat shirt that That's is i mean point. okay <laughs> atlanta do i have flat. to give you some of the no, no, I didn't know. You don't have to tell me. You know, I just want one. I want an Atlanta flat shirt. No, there was one that also said. I think you're all. You're when you all did the uh, athlete debrief, and this is just from pictures that I've seen. I yeah. guess when explaining the elevation, they call it Hilanta. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another one. Yeah, Hilanta. Those are great. Making Hilanta shirts. Hilanta shirts. We're we're on it. We've got to make some of this money back from the trials. Right. <laughs> I definitely think those could do. <laughs> I definitely think that those would uh, sell. <laughs> yes, exactly. Now, as far yeah. as the marathon and the half mm-hmm. marathon and five k that day, how did that day go? Were there were there any drawbacks? Did that kind of go smoothly, just like the trials did? No, yeah, went great. I mean, and the weather was better. There was it no was. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. It was a great day. I mean, it was just that people, everybody showed up. We had a biggest, the biggest marathon and half marathon and 5k we've had at this race. Um, no, it was awesome. I mean, uh, again, another day where I, I wanted, I want to tell you something that was just a little wrong or we were scrambling to fix at the end, but it, it didn't happen. I mean, it was, um, it was, it was public is always one of my favorite events to do every year. Um, and, and this year I think was because of the energy still in the air from the, the day before it was mm-hmm. the best one yet. Yeah, I agree. I think that I've just been I mean, I think one of my reasons that I love Atlanta Track Club is because y'all do y'all put on well-organized races like Mm -hmm. that's just a one of the top things that's a benefit for being a member and doing races with you all is that putting on good organized races is always a great I don't think that I've been to a race and I'm like what is happening like it I haven't Mm -hmm. been to one over all the years that I've been running Atlanta Track Club um, races I haven't done that so congratulations to you all again because I know Tommy said that in the beginning but amazing job thanks we've had had 56 years to get it right so (laughs) by now I I think we've got I think we've got it down now we've got we've got an Right. So I know everybody here cares. They 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 want to give the runners the best experience. They come to work every day with that mentality. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the benefit of it. And a majority, if not all of your um, employees, and correct me if wrong, are some somehow within the running community. Like they they're not just employees. Like they also know what it is to be runners. So that's exciting. Uh, For sure. And what the mission and vision of Atlanta Track Club is. Right. If you're not invested in that. 
you, you're probably not going to want to work at our organization because there is a, there's a lot that comes with fulfilling that vision. And mm-hmm. I would say we have a hundred percent buy-in every day. And that's the best part about going to work every day. That's awesome. So I know that one thing, um, and I've had a couple people uh, message me about this is they observed that the expo was more, um, what did you call it? What do we call it? experience driven? Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. experience driven versus um, vendor driven. So, can you give mm-hmm. me a kind of Atlanta Track Club's thoughts behind that? I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, our thought was just we were, you know, you can go to an expo at any marathon or road race in the country, and you can get your, you know, you can get your discount socks, and you can get your uh, gel, uh, your your gel shot samples, and your minute rice samples, and. Mm-hmm. That's great. We do it at Peachtree, so um, right. and people love it. But we just figured with this event, it was an opportunity to to try something different and showcase other portions of the sport. Um, especially that was that was really the big the big thought behind it was with America's Marathon Weekend. How do we also feature other aspects of track and field and, mm-hmm. and educate people about track and field? And so that's why we had you know a stage in there with with a pretty wide range of programming. We had a shot put in there yes. uh, where we were able to pair high school shot putters. with Professional shot putters like Ryan Krauser, that uh, the gold medalist uh, from 2016, um, and a pro am high jump competition where we were pairing high school high jumpers with professional high, high jumpers like Ingrid McPherson, uh, and and that, and then we had a Mondo track in there where we had APS students uh, competing for the fastest APS kid in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So it was really for us more of an, an opportunity to um, show off other other parts of track and field besides the marathon. Um, and work with some vendors because uh, we, we did have vendors there and work with some vendors who we knew would, yeah, maybe try to drive some sales, but were more focused on providing a, an experience that ties back to their brand if they were going to be there. So um, I think we learned a lot from it. I think I think we'll, we'll, we'll do something like that again and maybe try to even enhance the footprint and bring in more vendors. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was really the thought process behind it was this wasn't any other marathon weekend, so we weren't going to do any other marathon expo. Yeah. And I mean, I think that totally makes sense. And I, I just think that, like you said, the experience was great. And I felt, was is it correct that you all had more, I guess, panelist type things versus like interviews with the athletes that were accessible for the general population? Do you feel like you all increased that as well? Yeah, we've never done anything like that okay. before. So we had the, we had the pre-race press conference there, mm-hmm. which um, I don't know of any major marathon that's done a public pre-race, pre-race press conference with totally open to the public mm-hmm. with them. the mayor was there we had the top five seats in both fields. And then we had, we had panels all throughout the duration of the experience. So we had a panel, a women's running panel. We had a panel uh, for legends of the marathon where we had Meg Kaplesi and Dina Castor on stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did core strategy sessions every day that were public focused. So for participants in the half and the full, um, we did, uh, we did a couple of live podcasts. Allie Fowler's, Fowler's podcast was there. Um, we had, uh, Carrie Tullison's podcast where she had Gail Devers and John Katina and Paula Radcliffe all from the 96 games. Mm-hmm. So we had programming the entire time and every session that we had was packed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I'd love to do more stuff like that. Obviously we had all these people in town because it was a trial. So we right. were able to capitalize on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be, it'll be more difficult without the trials, but, um, I, th- I think, you know, I, people seem to like it. 
Yeah, I, I definitely think so. And like you said, it's one of those things where you have the trials there. So you have basically every the fastest people in the U.S. all in one mm -hmm. spot. <laughs> so it definitely yeah. works out. Mm -hmm. But I think it was worth because we have to realize that a lot of times, like you said, we don't get to see the press conference or be there mm -hmm. or even do a lot of interaction with the athletes. And so I think that, mm -hmm. that it allowed that to happen and to, to for us to see general population, to see the athletes in real in real time, like right there, you could touch them, you could see them they're up close and personal and i think that that was great yeah and that's how you make running fans that's how you get, get people invested in the sport whether it's inspiring them to go out and run more or just getting them to tune into the next track meet that they see or next marathon that they, that they see because you know as a, as a sport i think we all realize that the track and field and marathoning are not the nfl or major league baseball mm -hmm. we've got a long way to go to build an audience and anything we can do to get more people tuning in and 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 knowing the names of the stars um, i think it, it works toward that goal of of, of enhancing the visibility of, of running and jumping and throwing in the u.s no for sure yeah i totally get that okay so i know and i think i read this a little while ago you will be doing media in tokyo for the olympics is that correct well, we'll see. I guess with all the news lately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, um, that is correct. I'm uh, the deputy venue manager for Olympic Stadium uh, for the 2020 Games. So um, I get on a plane the night of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. Uh, oh wow! Done, and I fly to Japan for six weeks. So um, I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be a really, I think it's going to be a really cool experience to cover uh, track and field and uh, and some soccer and then the opening and closing ceremonies. Wow. So this is, what is this, like the highlight of your career, Jay? Pretty much, yeah. It's all downhill from here, I think. <laughs> it's like you are hitting all of the high. Like I would think like, like just hitting everything. You're like, what's the highlight of your career? 2020 was my year. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It says there's no year to be like 2020. Right. right. Exactly. I don't think we're doing the trials again in 2024. I don't know. I can't say that officially. Oh, uh, I would love that. <laughs> you know, I, we were talking about that last um, last episode, and I think Tommy asked me a question about where I was during the last Olympic trials, and I was like, I don't even think I was enmeshed in the in the marathon world. I was running, mm -hmm. but I right. had not run a marathon at that time, so I don't even think my mind was connecting the trials to anything. But now right. it's like every year it's going to be totally different. I'm going to be fine. And where is the trials taking? in place and i want to go to that city to see the experience like i'm really excited mm -hmm. about it yeah it's cool and it's cool that it's only once every four years so mm -hmm. that makes it extra special mm -hmm. yeah definitely so what else is going on with you personally do you what <laughs> i mean i know that working and being with atlanta track club and kind of putting on this big event is huge but what else do you have going on anything coming up uh, not really a ton. We're, it's, a, it's kind of a quiet time now. Um, I'm, you know, looking forward to finally, uh, seeing my family and spending some time with my kids for a couple of weeks and uh -huh. being able to take them to their swim lessons. I haven't gone to any of them yet. So, uh, being able to, to do that and, uh, and start running again would be nice. I didn't run. I really kind of just planned to take February off. Uh, gotcha. because, okay. I mean, run when I can, but you know, just not, not have any sort of set plan. Just, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of roll with it. And, uh, I've now run two days in a row for the first time in probably six weeks. <laughs> so, so get back into running and, and kind of, uh, kind of get back in shape again and, um, prepare, prepare for a, a, what's going to be, it seems like it's going to be a very busy summer. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that is really exciting. If you want to tell us really quick, Jay, and this is not to pick yeah. your brain, but the next upcoming dates for Atlanta Track Club, and of course, I'll be announcing them too throughout the podcast. And as I'm, because she's because, an ambassador, because I'm an ambassador. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Our ambassador. Let me just tell you guys something real quick. Our ambassador team this year is the best ambassador team. Like I, I walked into that meeting that we had with the first meeting I was like this is a this is a solid group of people like I'm mm-hmm. I'm so pumped about this uh, this ambassador team and the things that they're going to do to to um, to enhance enhance the visibility of the track club and just being able to work with all of you guys is going to be awesome yeah, I will tell you a quick joke before you tell us the dates, mm-hmm. right? So I told, I think it was the week after our first ambassador meeting, and mm-hmm. I told Tommy, I said, you know, I was at this meeting, and I saw Jay, and I said hey to him, and he was like, hey, India, and I was like, oh, he knows my name! <laughs> because I'm not used to, I always people always get me confused, uh, not confused, but seeing me outside of run clothes is a little different. Like, right. if you always see me running and versus seeing me after work, it's different, but I was really excited right. about that. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of well, look like, oh, you know, what's I'm, up, I'm, India? <laughs> I'm on the group that helps pick the ambassadors, and I saw your application. I was like, oh, no, she's in. Oh, well, thank <laughs> sure. you, Jay. Like, no doubt about it. So. I Jay, greatly was, appreciate Jay, it. let me tell you something. She was all nervous. I was like, dude, no. they're going to pick you. What is wrong? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, like, I was like, this cast, is. Like, we've got to get her. In right. Yard. I told Tommy, I was like, yo, this is the most exciting one, and it's the last one I'm hearing about. I was like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really excited and I greatly appreciate it. And of course, representing Atlanta Track Club is one of the biggest, like, I'm just really happy and appreciative and excited about everything that's taking place. So I really appreciate you. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. We appreciate you. Yeah. So tell us the so next couple of dates. Yes. What's coming up for, sure. um, well, for Publix? Yeah, our next Not race Publix. is the uh, the Atlanta Track our, our next race is uh, uh, Atlanta Hawks Fast Break 5K presented by ShareCare. It's sold out. Done. What? Wow. It is. Yes. Is this the first sold time it's out. been sold out? Yes, it is. It wow. is. It's the Trey Young Fever. That's what it is. Uh, <laughs> yes. So it's sold out. So that one's that one's done. Um, then in April we have the Atlanta uh, Northside Hospital and we just on April thirteenth at Cheney Stadium. Uh, April eleventh. It was the thirteenth last year. I don't have a calendar in front of me, mm-hmm. but it's the Saturday before Easter. Um, mm-hmm. That's an awesome race. I love that that's course. One of my, it's one of my favorite courses. Mm-hmm. I can't run it, uh, but I have run the course. Um, <laughs> So that's really cool. You get to, to run on a track, and then we've yeah. got the uh, the Braves. Then we've got a little bit of a break. Our all comer all, all comers track and field series starts up in uh, in May on Tuesday night. Um, at yeah, the, it starts to rotate around. But um, check the website. There's a couple of different tracks we're at this year. But that's that's my favorite thing we do all year. The all comers track and field meets. If you haven't been to one of those, they're free. Anybody can go, and they truly are all comers. Like if you've never run an 800 meters before, that's cool. You can do it. If you've never done the, the hurdles before, that's cool. You can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and at the same, at the same time, you're going to find somebody who's like a two minute 800 meter runner out there too. So it's it's awesome. Right. All right. Okay. Uh oh. The truest park. The truest park with the Atlanta Braves. So. Big time coming up. Yes. And then, of course, uh, the lottery opens up for uh, the Peachtree. Yes. March 15th is lottery and member registration. Mm-hmm. They happen simultaneously, and they go through March 31st, so two weeks. And, oh, right now the T-shirt contest is going on. We didn't get to talk about it much this weekend because we had some other things happening, but it launched on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can vote for your favorite and India was a judge. Uh, for the <laughs> I finalists. was a judge. I didn't so. tell anybody that. 
But yes, <laughs> was I was a judge. Pick a finalist. So AJC.com, AJC.com slash Peachtree is where you can vote yeah. uh, for the five designs that we picked as finalists. Awesome. And last thing, tell us the what the difference is next year for 2021 of Publix, because it is going to be a different weekend. Yeah, it, well, it's, it's the same weekend as this year, actually. We, mm-hmm. we, we really like the end of February um, for a couple of reasons. One, the weather's a little more of a surefire thing. It's not going to it's generally not as warm. I know in the last couple of years, um, in the middle of March, by the end of the run, it, it gets pretty toasty for a marathon. Um, so we like the weather a little bit better. Um, it's better on the city calendar. And then also, just from an organizational standpoint, um, the, the mid-weekend in March was generally in the middle of lottery or the same weekend that the lottery opened. And that was just really tough from a ch- uh, staffing perspective from us, mm-hmm. uh, for us. So um, we decided to just stick with this date this year. It was the biggest one we've had yet. And so we figured people like it. So yeah. let's try it again. And then because the the 5K is on Saturday and then the half and full will be on Sunday, that is really exciting too. Yeah, I like yeah, that. And you can double dip. You can exactly. double dip. And, yep. Yes, awesome. Yeah. Well, Jay, I totally appreciate it. Tommy, do you have any other questions? I know no, I kind of blew I'm, him up with a lot of questions. I mean, I'm just happy that after <laughs> all of that, he had time to speak with us because I, I think I'd be in the bed sleep after, right. after yeah. that weekend. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm <laughs> heading directly to bed. <laughs> That's great. Well, Jay, I greatly appreciate it. And we will be talking to you soon, of course. And, of course, I'll be seeing you soon. I'll see you soon. Yes, absolutely. All right, Jay. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for having me, Tommy, in India. All right. Congratulations again. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. What a great interview. Thank you again, Jay, for taking time out of your day to speak with us. Thank you, Darrell, for coming through and being a part of the Run Trio. Um, Don't forget, we will be putting out part two of the discussion that we have with Darrell about the Olympic trials and just running in general. And you all have a good one until next time.